Hello and welcome to What Were You Thinking podcast, brought to you with Vestiaire Collective and hosted by me, Henry Holland. Yes, the fashion designer from Ramsbottom. Before we get started, I just want you to know that this podcast is not about my guests' fashion fails. It's all about the fashion moments that shaped their lives personally or professionally, how fashion makes them feel and how it can have the power to transform a person's life. Now, not many people are known globally by just the one name, but this week's guest is such a person. Eve burst onto the male-dominated rap scene in the late 90s with her debut number one album, Let There Be Eve, Rough Rider's First Lady, going into number one on the US Billboard charts. Her music was raw and tough and her image reflected that. By the early 2000s, Eve was one of the biggest names in the business, with Let Me Blow Your Mind and Who's That Girl becoming global anthems and the epitome of the noughties MTV heyday. I can't wait to hear about some of those video sets and what life was like in the era of big budget excess. How important is her image to her both privately and publicly? And how hard has she had to fight labels and managers over the years to retain her sense of identity? Today, as an actress, talk show host and musician living in London, how has her move across the pond affected her personal style? How does she reflect on the key moments in her career and does the fashion that she wore at each juncture inform her memories good and bad? Don't forget you can follow along and see the outfits we're talking about on our Instagram page at What Were You Thinking Podcast and we're even on TikTok. And who knows, I might even be able to get Eve to battle me in a rap battle on TikTok. Thank God you said no, because literally I'd just be repeating my name, probably. I didn't say no, though. Oh, no. (laughs) No, panic. (laughs) How was my intro? I get so nervous, like, talking about someone to their face. I move, move, like, my my notes over the the video screen so I can't see you, in case you're literally looking at me going... (laughs) What? That's not me. I'm like, that's my name's Sharon. I'm Sharon. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Wrong guess. Hello. No, um, no, it was perfect. Thank you, actually. It's, you know, it's nice to hear those things because I think sometimes, especially when you've had a long career, sometimes you forget certain things and so it's just nice to to hear it. It was perfect. Thank you. Great. No problem. I always <laughs> like to get a bit of praise before I start an episode, you know? Yeah, just weird. <laughs> You're basically holding my hand through this whole process. Um, so, so we're going to talk about fashion today. And is it something that is really important to you? You know, what's your first memories of fashion? Have you always loved it? I always have. My first memories are stealing my mother's clothes. My mom to this day is still just very fashionable in her own way, in the sense of she's just very comfortable in herself. And I think I always felt that. Like I always watched her do her makeup and there were certain things that I would just steal from her, especially I had big feet very early. Like at 12, I was wearing a size nine and a half, 10, which is a seven UK. Wow. Seven, eight. Yeah. And 12. Okay. I've had these same feet. So I was able to wear her shoes and um, I would wear her shirts. And she is my first memory of like kind of what a lady, you know, I wanted to look like her and, and move like her. Definitely. Yeah. 
And what about when you were a teenager? Did that evolve? Did, did you use fashion as a form of rebellion to kind of when you started sort of figuring out your identity? Was it an important part of that? Yeah, I think especially high school for me um, is when I really, really I've always rapped. I rapped since I was like 12, 11 or 12. But in high school, it at 15, it kind of was like, this is my life. So I was always a very girly girl. So like I always was at the hair salon and the nail salon. But at that time, like TLC was out and my favorite rappers when I was younger were kind of like tomboys, like MC Light and Queen Latifah. And I always loved, yeah, I kind of loved that they were fully made up, but they could hang with the boys. And I always felt like that's also my personality. So even if my hair was fully done and my nails were done, I had on Timberland boots with like baggy jeans and a crop top or, you know, or I wore a do-rag um, with like a dress or so I always kind of mix those two things together. Yeah, I, mean, I want to hang out with you at high school. Like you sound like most people talk, oh, high school was so hard for me. I was like the geek in the corner. You're like, no. I was the bit. I was like hanging with the boys. I had the hair, the nails, the boots. Yes. Whole thing. Well, also because I was like the only girl in the school that rapped. So I would cut classes, which I guess just, I guess you guys, you guys don't say that, but I just would skip, skip the class or whatever. And yeah, we call it skiving. Skiving. So I would be skiving. (laughs) And I would go to different lunch times so that I could battle a different boy. Like if I heard about somebody that people thought were good, then I'd go to his lunchtime so that I could battle him. So a lot of my outfits were based on, I was performing at lunchtime, so I had to look good. <laughs> Amazing. And you were just going out there doing rap battles at like... Oh, yeah. Always against boys. Oh, yeah, because you were the only girl that rapped at school. I was pretty much the only girl. And also, I was a big Jafakin. Like, people laugh, people who know me know that I'm a huge Jafakin. <laughs> because there was a... <laughs> blah, blah. There was a huge Jamaican community in Philly. And so I, for some reason, I gravitated towards them and we hung out. And it was a huge community in my school. So not only would I rap like hip hop, but I'd also, I'd master patois. Wow. So that I could rap in patois to the Jamaican boys. Like, it was crazy. That is next level Jamaican. Like, <laughs> you were rapping in patois. You're like, uh-huh. I would, ooh. Wow. Yeah, so, but you know what's funny saying that living in London and, and loving London culture, because I have for so long, I feel like that's a natural thing with the youth, period. No matter what you are, whether you're Jamaican or white or brown or whatever, that's it's just one of those cultures that I think everyone kind of loves and gravitates to anyway. So That's starting to make so much sense to me now because I've been doing like research into your looks and some of your earliest looks. So when you, you know, your, your debut album with Rough Riders, you had this real tough yeah. androgynous look to you. You looked like that tomboy. You, you know, you were, you had like the cropped blonde hair, you know, you were super tough. Like I've got this image of you yeah. um, wearing this floor length, almost like kimono like leather dress. Yeah which is iconic. It's so amazing. I hadn't seen this picture before. Um, but that's all making sense to me. You know, if you, you know, you grew up in school, like rapping, rap battling all those boys. And then when you got into the industry, you kind of, that sort of came through. Yeah. Was that you really being very true to yourself, who you were? Or was that a conscious kind of decision of like, okay, we're going to go out with this album. Yeah. This is, you know, Eve is about X, Y, and Z. Or you were just like, no, here I am. This is what I do. And this is how I do it. I was very lucky. I have to say, I always say with Rough Riders that they never tried to make me sexier or 
lead with my sexuality in the sense that like, you know, little Lil' Kim and, and Foxy Brown were very sexual. And I love both of those girls, but I knew I wouldn't be comfortable that way. So with the Rough Riders, they were like, just do what you want. It's fine. And when I started that picture that you're talking about, that black uh, leather kimono, yeah. um, my stylist, Kite Brewster, who was one of my very first stylists, he actually introduced me to all the major houses, all the major brands, high fashion. But he also understood who I was because he also loved hip hop culture. He also loved street culture. So I have just I was just very lucky that um, that no one tried to mold me or take me in any other direction than where I was. Yeah. So do you remember anything about that dress, where it was from? Or I don't remember where it was from, but I do remember it was one of my it was a big photo shoot. It was like, you know, when you start kind of blowing up yeah. and uh, some of the better magazines start calling. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly what magazine it's from. It's in a, that picture actually just resurfaced because it was in a photographer's kind of exhibition. Okay. Um, like a hip hop music exhibition. So I actually want to buy it. I actually need to find it because I would love that photo. And you just look so fucking tough but just so cool like Thank and you you know the kids on the BMXs behind you you're just like you're ruling that street I just like I think it's such a I can't tell if that's in Philly or Harlem that's where a lot of my first photo shoots were they were either in Philly where I'm from okay or in Harlem where a lot of the Rough Riders used to hang out where that was like our neighborhood so I, I need to study this but I want I rock that kimono right now actually <laughs> that shit is hot <laughs> I'm guessing it was not very breathable. No, I mean, it's probably... definitely not. And, <laughs> and I bet you it was summertime. I look pissed. Yeah. But that was, oh, and when, if I, if you look at the shoes, it was those cutout heels. Oh yeah. They were cutout heels. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely Kite. I know that was Kite Brewster for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that. And like let's talk about your hair for a minute because uh, yes. you you know you had the, you had the crop and that's you know you became known for that and you know like Kanye's rapped about it. Yeah. Like it's you know it's it's kind of such an iconic look for, uh, like as you say at the time so many of the female rappers were really overly sexualized and it was very much yeah. still as today a lot as well about strip like very kind of lots of stripper culture inspired and definitely I think that was kind of a real like thing that set you apart from day one was that, and like you say that was that how you just wore your hair or oh yeah I, I started wearing my hair like that in high school and at about 15 16 one of my Jamaican girlfriends actually <laughs> like bleached my hair in her bathroom and it came out like cinnamon toast and it was shit. <laughs> it was like this. I look like teddy bear toast head. Nasty. It was bad. It was bad. So we kept bleaching, kept bleaching, kept bleaching. Yeah. And finally it was like, yes, I'm platinum blonde. And I literally wore that through high school, through probably at least my first few songs, my first album, I was platinum blonde. And it was just my signature and i would go to the barbershop to get my hair cut like i would literally go to the boys barbershop they would wash my hair pick it out blow dry it like shave it down i'd be done in like 20 minutes it was like the best thing ever <laughs> we'll be right back after this this podcast is brought to you with vestiaire collective that french for shared wardrobe to you and me the leading global platform for pre-loved fashion with a community of over 9 million fashion activists buying and selling pieces from each other. If you don't know them, now's the time to check out their circular fashion movement. 
Download the Vestia Collective app and use my special promo code HENRY at the checkout for 20 quid off when you spend just 150. Full T's and C's on vestiacollective.com. You can thank me later. What was the first big fashion buy that you bought with like your first check? Like that first advance? What was the, what was the splurge? I, okay. No judgment because this was the 2000s. All right. Do you know they're back? So everyone's going to be like really loving whatever this is. I don't know. So one was one, my first promise to myself was that I take care of things that I needed to take care of, like my family, things like that. Yeah. Whatever I had left over, I wanted, I just wanted a colorful mink. I just wanted a colorful mink. So I bought the biggest, yellowest fur hooded mink you could find on this planet. And I did not care if you called me Big Bird. It was my mink. (laughs) (laughs) It was my fur. Um, And I remember just being so like, I made it. I'm in, I'm like, I, I'm in hip hop. Like, you know, like it just, <laughs> yeah. And it's such a weird thing to think about, but I just wanted a colorful mink. <laughs> Cause it was the fur and the bling. It was like that whole era. It was like the bigger the necklace, the bigger the coat. The more, the more, the more. Yes. And I used to rock it with the do-rag as well. And do-rags have come back, but I used to rock it with a do-rag. So we wanted to talk to you about that as well because Rihanna just did uh, British Vogue with the do-rag on and everyone was saying, you know, that was a really iconic image. You know, she's brought it back. She's wearing it out and, you know, it's kind of turning it into this fashion thing. But you were doing this, like... Yeah, well, you know why? Because I was I was hanging with boys. I was hanging... I Rough Riders, I literally... Every day of my life was at least 20 to 50 dudes and that's not an exaggeration. We were either hanging out on the street or we were in the studio and it was a crew. It was a real, so for me, I had to hustle like the boys and I had to be respected in that, you know, because it took them a while for me actually to be like baby sis. They wanted to see my work ethic. So I think I took on a lot of like, all right, I'm a rock a do-rag and we're in the studio, let's go, you know, just so I could kind of not even fit in. It wasn't even about fitting in. It was just. I mean, that, those were my boys. I kind of took it on. Yeah. yeah. And then in Who's That Girl, you kind of, you did like the stylized, you know, you got the headscarves and yes. you got the D-rag on the bike. And for, I was re-watching loads of the videos today. Loved oh them. Um, and Who's That Girl, just those, the, there were some real fashion moments in there that I just think they feel so relevant now and they feel like they're really back. It's weird. It is weird. Like a lot of the prints, the prints of that, like that dress, that one dress is like, yeah. I feel like I've seen that, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. But in a different silhouette, of course, or whatever. But it is incredible to me how much stuff is revisited. It is it's pretty incredible. Do you get to keep any of the stuff that you've worn in these videos? Have you, or were they kind of caught in by the stylist and sent back? Um, Some of the stuff, the the really big stuff was definitely like, Put this shit on. Don't sweat in it. Don't spray perfume on it. We're- <laughs> we got to get this shit back. And also... Do not get hair dye on this dress. <laughs> do not even. Like, it was like rules. Like, And then, you know, it's those fashion moments when you get called and they're like, we're giving you this bag or where you can keep that dress. Those moments are... I mean, still, who doesn't like some free shit? Obviously, good shit. Everyone. But everyone but it is like wow like 
oh my God, I can't believe they let me keep this. But I think in a lot of my earlier years, it was like, okay, you can show up in it, but we need this shit back. <laughs> Such a shame. Yeah. Such a shame. Yeah. Because then onto the Let Me Blow Your Mind video and those trousers with the lettering, were they made for you for the video? Like that image, that video was literally my teenage years just watching MTV just religiously and just thinking you were just the coolest girls around. I loved, I loved, I still, I love that video. It's, it is, and I remember the whole energy of, like Gwen and I hadn't met until that night we shot the video. We talked on the phone. Wow. I'd been a fan of No Doubt forever and hers. And I knew she was going to show up as she does. She's a tomboy. She's a girly girl tomboy. and um, Or she was. And yeah, I think when we were talking about what are we going to wear for this video, it was like, I kind of just want to be a little more chill, not so over the top. And I can't, who styled me for that? Was it Kite? I think it might've been Kite, but I don't remember. I don't remember if those pants were a high fashion pant or were they like a cheap pant? I can't remember to be honest, because that's another thing that we used to do a lot. And I remember one time, one thing that stuck with me, has still stuck with me is one year I got to go to the CFDA awards and I think Sharon Stone, yeah, Sharon Stone was getting an award and she was like, you always have to mix, mix your gap in your Gucci. And I always remember that. And I'm like, because <laughs> if you have style, it doesn't matter how much you pay for something. Yeah. And I'm, I think those pants weren't expensive. Like, I think that was like a cheap pair of pants from like downtown LA. The American version of saying it, it's like mix your gap in your Gucci. Like we, we, we're like, we call it like high low, like high street, high fashion. With like your gap in your Gucci, like that's your version. Yeah. But those pants feel like a no doubt nod to me. They're like, they're a reference to Gwen, right? So they're like- Completely. That iconic video of theirs, they had the wall with all of that writing on it. So it was like the meeting of you two together. I thought that was like, whoever did style it was pretty smart because I loved that. And trust me, they were thinking that more than I was. <laughs> but also watching that video today, like it was, it was amazing, but also just so like poignant and relevant at the moment because you know you guys all kind of gate crash this party and then this white woman goes and calls the cops on you and like yeah tries to get you taken away you know what i had not thought about that how about that she's basically a karen and it's like she's a fucking karen she's a fucking karen and i was just like <laughs> oh my god like this, you know, this whole thing, like history repeats itself. It's just like this, it's a sad reflection in a way, but, and then you get taken away in a police van and I'm just like, I was watching it just like, holy shit. Like, you know what? I need to rewatch that. I, I honestly did not even think of that at all. There's this Karen out on the street, like screaming and shouting at the police officers. The police officers come in and join the party. It's just like, whoa. How weird that, I mean, this is our life right now. It is. Yeah. It is a weird, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That video as well. I mean, both of those two videos that we're sort of talking about at the moment, your tattoos, your paw prints. I mean, we have to talk about them. Yeah. Because I, I read an interview, I can't, was it Seth Meyers, I think, um, where you described them as like a birthmark. Yeah, they are to me now. And you're just like, you know, that they're, they're kind of like an identifiable kind of thing. Yeah. Tell me about what happened when you got them, the day you got them. It was a dare from a friend of mine to get them in this place. I wanted Paul's, like, because I loved um, Total. And I've got, well, Total back in the day. And one of the girls had paw prints up her thigh. And I was like, that is like the sexiest thing. And my friend was like, you should just get them on your chest. Like, then you could see them. And I was like, 
that's kind of nuts. And then I was like, actually, fuck it. Let's do it. And I did it. And I immediately was like, oh, shit. I got paws on my phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like, uh, it was my equivalent of face tattoo, I guess, at this point. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. My mom saw it and was just like, that is the tackiest thing I have ever seen in my life. And I was like, oh, my God. But. It's crazy because years, years, years ago, I thought about getting them removed. Um, and I called my mom and I was like, mom, what do you think if I did? She was like, you better not. You better not. I was like, hello? Like, you're the same person who hated them. <laughs> and she was like, no, she's like, that's you. She was like, that is how people know you. And it's part of who you are. And I was like, you're right, actually. It is. They are, they are like a birthmark to me. It is some weird dare turned into a signature. You can't write that. No, I love it. I got my nipple pierced on a dare. And I went with my, I was, I was 15. I went with my friend and she was like, okay, you go first and I'll go second. I got my nipple pierced and she nearly fainted when I was getting mine done. So then she was like, fuck that, I'm not doing it. And we left. Of course she wasn't going to do it. <laughs> so then I was just left being like, okay, great. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I look good. Nipple pierces are great. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> they hurt like fuck. <laughs> oh my God. And then just never heal. I know. And then when you get cold, it's agony because obviously your nipple gets really hard and you're like... Oh, have you ever gotten it caught in something? Yeah. Well, I don't have it anymore, but like, I, oh yeah. Yeah. It's not, not, it's not the one. It's not the one. Okay, so let's talk about some red carpet moments as well. So... Yes. I think actually when I was looking, like researching and looking for your, like a lot of your style moments, there's not a lot of like paparazzi shots of you. It's very, you've been very kind of... I don't know if lucky or really careful with that. And like so much of our idea of you is built around, you know, these big moments like the music videos or the award shows or the red carpet. So, you know, like where you've chosen to be yeah. in the public eye and be featured. Is that something that you've done consciously or? Mm, not really, actually. I think especially, but back then paparazzi wasn't as nuts as it is now. Um, I think, most of my moments, like you said, are pretty much those bigger music moments. Um, but it's not something I've thought about. I think it's just something that may have happened. I am a very chill person, though, like outside of what I do, outside of music, outside of whatever. So I don't really go looking for anything. and I don't really hang at anything. And if I do hang at something, I try to find the other way to get in or like, you know, yeah. um, or at least I did back then. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> What's really interesting, though, is because so like we talk about the Grammys or we talk about the VMAs or BET Awards, it kind of gives this really clear punctuation of like your evolution, your style evolution, because you're like, OK, so definitely here's the VMAs in 2000, here's 2001, here's 2002. And, you know, <clears throat> through to the Grammys last year in that incredible. Yeah. Neem Khan suit, was it? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, it just that suit. you just look so rich <laughs> you just oh. look money it's just like oh my god uh, and that was the whole but i have to say so that's um my friend very 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 dear friend and stylist lexi rose boyardo and she's based in new york yes so you've worked with her for about seven years right i was reading about her yes she's like she just gets it she just has that thing and listen there are tons of styles out there that i've worked with that are amazing i've been very lucky but she can take that one thing, put it on something, and you're like, that made it. And with this suit, obviously the suit was so, it's 
it lives by itself. We actually avoided the suit in the fittings because we were like, we were kind of thinking maybe we do a dress and it's New York and da da da. And, and I was like, no, mm. we both looked at the suit and I was like, this is it and tried it on and this is it. Cause the thing about me as I've gotten older is I want to look amazing always, but I'm a fidgeter. So if something's too tight or too something, then you'll catch me doing this on red carpet. Uh-huh. So a suit, a jumpsuit, a suit, um, Billy, my manager, who's a, who you know, I always say, I love a onesie. I call them onesies, but not a real, not a onesie, but anything that I can feel strong in and look yeah, yeah. confident. And that suit was it. That shit was, oh God. <laughs> it's like David Bowie. It's just, you know, that kind of line on that lapel and just oh. that really simple diamond choker. It's just yes, like you just look like you stepped off a yacht or yeah. chartered 747 or that you own, you're, you're killing it. <laughs> I loved it. That's what we wanted. It was like, yeah, statement. <laughs> and then back to your Grammys in 2002 when you won. So talk to me about that outfit. So it's kind of, it's like a shorts with a... Yeah, I think it's Roberto Cavalli. Yes. I wore a lot of Roberto Cavalli. I think everybody wore Roberto Cavalli. He was so huge. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, this moment, I mean, I, I was like a baby, Jesus Christ. But um, I always love my legs, even still to this day. So if I do show something, I do like to show my legs. Mm. I can't remember who styled me. It probably was Kife because he did a lot back then. But my mom was with me. So this was a really big moment because I always felt like when I won this Grammy that it was my way of paying her back because I because I was so shit in high school because I was rapping all the damn time. I never got to walk down the aisle to get my diploma. So to me, this was my moment for her. This was your graduation ceremony for her. This was my graduation ceremony for her. And, but I also wanted to look, I guess it's my version of lady with the train, but I still needed to have a little bit of leg. I needed some leg, but yeah, I don't know. Did you know you were going to win? No. Definitely not. No. I didn't even... No clue at all. Not even a little bit. I think I'm still... It's weird. I, I still, to this day, am so surprised by certain things. And, and it's something I hope I never lose. Because yeah, I don't take for granted my life, my path, my career. I wake up every day very thankful. Like, even living in London, like, I still look at myself as this girl from Philly who lives in London. And I get excited about stuff. And I think at that time, I was just like... There's no way I'm winning a, gr a Grammy. What the fuck? And then when it happened, I might have pushed that man off the stage, passed the mic, like, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no way. I didn't think I would win, for sure. And so did you take your mom out to celebrate afterwards? Yeah. I, you know, I don't remember where we went or what happened. I remember her just squeezing my hand. She was holding my hand the whole time. And I remember that squeeze and it was just like, <gasps> you know, it was, a, it was amazing. That's so cute. Yeah. But I can't believe that they don't even give you a little insight, like a little tip, like, I suppose everyone's going to go to the Grammys. It's always with those award shows. It's like, if you're like, oh, sorry, the schedule, we can't fit it in. We're not going to show up. And then they're like, oh, by the way, you won. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right there. <laughs> just let me just clear everything in my schedule. Sorry, my, my mistake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then there's a couple of other um, looks on there that I want to talk about from VMAs. Okay. So we've got the the red 
Europe's first doll. So you've talked to us about your your yellow mink. Actually, so your yellow mink, um, talking about Naughty's nostalgia. Yeah. You know, one of the most famous pictures or the one that's been turned into a meme so often is Cameron with the flip phone and the pink. You were there. Oh, yes, of course. You were in the room. I know. I get tagged in that... (laughs) I get tagged in that damn picture on Instagram all the time. <laughs> like me and this, but every that was the two that was the two thousands. Like everybody, you were carrying the multicolored Louis. You had a gray mink on. He was wearing his pink. It was just that was it was baby fat phone. Yes, uh, it was. It was at the baby fat show, wasn't it? It was the baby. I think it was the baby fat show. It probably it must have been. It must have been. Those were some good moments, though. Honestly, when I look back at some of those pictures, I'm like, what we were really. It was a lot. Whether it was makeup, I feel like yeah. makeup or clothes or fur. It was just put it all on. Put it all on. One of my favorite things that I noticed from the um, Who's That Girl video is that you're wearing a Swarovski tattoo. Do you remember those? Uh, yeah, of course, obvious. <laughs> I was literally like, uh... if, if, what, if, if two <laughs> items just really sum up the early 2000s, it's Swarovski tattoos and those pale ombre colored Chanel shades and you have both of them on oh. in that video. Obviously, yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Poster child. Poster child. <laughs> These two pictures are kind of my example for that thing where I was saying, like, it shows your evolution. Like, so, because I think they're, they're two years apart, maybe? Oh, yeah. One or two, two years, one or two. So one's the 2000 VMAs, and then the next one is uh, when you won with Gwen, I think. Yes, I think. I should remember, remember but it's... Yeah. I that, so I know that Red Stole, what's funny is it was on the other night. That MTV Awards actually was on. Oh, wow. And we clicked on it because we were like clicking channels and it we stayed on it. And I was like, oh, and I said this to Billy. Actually, I was like, I look like Ronald McDonald's like really fancy sister. And that <laughs> like, I'm really like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, I'm his really fancy sister in that picture. But my hair had to be that short because I talked my hairstylist into um, putting a perm in my hair and coloring my hair at the same time. So all my hair fell off. So we had to spike it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only shit that would work. There's always a good hair story. I love it. And I can't remember who that's by, but I do remember that, that neon green, which we've now seen a million times with so much that dress i believe is dolce yes and that's a classic cut that's a classic fit yeah dolce's classic so that's a great look and then you had like a an airbrushed clutch bag of course that was like that was the shit back then yeah that's so the shit that's so the shit right now i just think there's so many little little things so what for you was your favorite if you had to pick like a favorite like really stand out red carpet where you felt oh your most kind of true to yourself and at the same time like you know your most empowered strongest version of you probably that suit that nine con suit to be honest and and i say that like i've had i've been very lucky again with amazing fashion moments i've worn a lot of cool shit but i feel like that is my true 
self where I'm not trying for a fashion reason. I'm not wearing something because a stylist has a relationship or you know what I mean? Like those things didn't, I didn't have an album out, so it didn't fucking matter. It was me being chill. I wasn't up for an award. So it was kind of like, bitch, I'm showing up. I'm gonna look hot and that's it. And yeah. you, you're, <laughs> but you're going to talk about me tonight. Like, you know, it was just like, yeah. And, and I think before that carpet, I hadn't been on a carpet for a few years. So that was also important for me to look a certain way. It was like, I need to look like who I am now, not trying to be or trying to recreate any moments either. Yeah. It was kind of like a, like the solidification of your evolution, I suppose, like from a style point of view, like from an outsider's point of view. Do you still get nervous then walking the carpet? No, I don't. I don't because it's not so much the carpet itself. It's more what you're there for. So like if it was being up for something, that's where the nerves come in. I think Okay. when you're for me now, when I walk a carpet, it's kind of like a switch and it's just like, you almost know what the questions they're going to ask unless it's someone new and like, you know, and if, if you're looking and feeling confident, then you're, it's fine. I don't get that nervousness like that anymore. No. The only like reference point I have is the, I went to the Met Ball once. <clears throat> I was basically a walker. Um, it's incredible. But, <laughs> I love but it. I've seen, I've, I've seen, you, you know, you've, have you been twice, three times? You've been twice, I think. Only twice. twice. Yeah. And I just remember being in that one in, one out queue of town cars. Yes. And you're kind because, of, you know, you pull up one at a time and then, you you know, you let out of the car and you can hear the paparazzi shouting oh. from like three blocks back. And we were like, that's probably the most intense, stressful. Yeah, that's stressful. That's stressful. <laughs> and then you know at the top of the stairs is Anna greeting you one by one, like face to face. And you're just like... We were like 21, just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, I just remember that, like, being, but the Grammys must be the same, like, that was the same kind of scale. And, yeah. And they have fans on the carpets now as well, don't they? Like, so it's just noise and screaming. And, and sometimes it is really the, um, the paparazzi can be the more aggressive, annoyingly, sadly. Yeah. Sometimes they can be very, very aggressive. Some of them, though, it's funny because now I know them some of them i know that i've seen for years that i know that they have kids and shit where i'm like how's your daughter oh my god <laughs> like which is fucking crazy but yeah but you know i i don't know it's um it's interesting it is it's interesting it is i mean i i've found them scary in the past i just think they're kind of just such a random yeah sort of setup it's just not a, a natural experience to have no no. Moving on slightly to, to your acting. So when you were doing your acting and doing movies and TV. Yeah. With your fashion and in, in those kind of roles and your clothing and your costume, I suppose it's called, isn't it? So is that a really important part for you in terms of your characterization and kind of building that side of it up? Um, you know, like how it looks and how it feels. And I'm kind of interested to see if... Yeah. That's how you approach sometimes being on stage. You know, like, are you playing Eve the rapper? You know, is it like, is this the character? Or it's like, no, it's Eve. Oh, yeah. You know, which is your... These are all facets of you. Like, I'm not, you know, not saying that you're being a different person or you're not being true, but I feel like it's... Um, I'm just interested to to hear if if you use fashion as a kind of as a costume in that way and as a kind of character building thing. Absolutely. I think when it comes to the acting that I have done, 
it's part of who is who's this girl you're about to play who is she what does she wear what's her hair like what's her you know what does she do every day what um hair for me has always been very big actually I was just about to say, I was just about to say, like, we often go back to hair. We're like cinnamon toast. We're like per, we're like the per made it fall out. Like it's a big. Hair is a very, it's a costume. It, that probably is more than the clothes almost to some degree, mm. um, except for stage. Because stage for me is that girl who was on the carpet in that suit. Yeah. That's how I like to feel on stage. I like to feel so secure that there's nothing on me that I know will fall off or feel too tight or I can't breathe or the heels are too high. Fuck that shit. So whenever I do media, um, fittings, I always say, and I usually perform in a one piece or a two situation just so because I, I don't like flowy. I can't, it just, I can't. It literally, it makes me, I'm getting nervous now even thinking about it. Like, <laughs> like have you ever had any onstage disasters? Like, has anything fallen off, fallen out? Have you had a Janet Jackson moment? Like, what? I had a booby moment. Yes, I had a booby moment. One of my first. <gasps> you did. This was like 2000s. When was the booby moment? Right, be like, booby moment. <laughs> Not that I'm just going to go and Google booby. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like. <laughs> it was early in my career, which is when I started being like, shit has to be tight and it needs to be this way and then. But I was um, on stage and I was like doing my thing and I had on a ripped back in, you know, when those ripped um, rocker t-shirts were like the thing where it's like super loose. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm not a big girl. So I thought I'd be fine. Yeah. And I'm like rapping and this guy and I start catching people's eyes and people are like, and I'm like, (laughs) and someone, one of the, somebody, I don't know if it was my manager or whatever came out and like wrapped me in something because boobs were just, and I'm just like, bing, 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 (laughs) like having the best time. And I'm thinking I'm making them happy by my song. And it was my nipples. So, but I feel like every performer goes through some version of something. I've slipped before trying to be too cool with sunglasses on because I bitch wears contacts and I had on these dark fucking glasses and I slipped on a speaker. It's like, it just happens. So now that's why I am super like, it has to be here. This needs to be here. It got it has to be like this. Sorry, we were talking about hair. We I interrupted you on the booby moment. What was no. like <laughs> so your hair like your hair is kind of like your sort of form of costume or your form of armor, I suppose. Like Definitely. That's your biggest way of expressing yourself, right? Definitely. Cause I love color and I love texture and I love, you know, I I change my hair. I mean, not this lockdown, obviously, but before that, I think I changed my hair probably every four weeks, every six weeks at the most. And a complete change, like different color, different... Well, maybe not so much color. I might add a little color, but it might be Mm. braids one week or three weeks and then a weave or a wig or... Um, like my husband, when he first met me, he was like, you are so high maintenance. Like he had never been with a black girl. And I'm like, let me tell you something. Even if I wasn't in the music business, she'd be paying for this. Like this (laughs) would be done. Like, it's just our culture. It's just, it just is what it is. So, um, now he gets it, but it's part of me. It really is. It's, 
it's a mood and it is me it's all me like you said you know you said like i'm not saying you're not being you Mm. but it is it's all facets of it's my expression and it's so great that that's kind of become one of your iconic recognizable things you know it's like that's what Kanye rapped about it's like you know that you're kind of you were you were a trailblazer in that world at that time because you were just out there with like you know your natural hair and like super crop bleached it out and i think that's really cool like that's kind of what what is you yeah definitely definitely Okay, so on the podcast, Eve, we ask each of our guests to donate a special piece or a piece that means something to them to sell on Vestiaire Collective with all of the proceeds going to the charity of your choice. And I am so grateful and I'm so happy that you've agreed to donate an amazing dress. Tell me about the dress. Uh, so I love this dress, and but it is, I've worn it, I've, I've upcycled it. Is that how you say it when you wear something a few times? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So I've done that a few times, um, but my quarantine thickness will not fit in it anymore. So I am donating an Alexander Voltier. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Forgive me. I do not speak French. It's gold um, and it has a bow in the front. It's low in the front. It's a beautiful, beautiful dress that I've worn to the Motown 50th anniversary, I believe, awards. I, I um, wow. presented an award there. And I also. So from one of your red carpets. Yeah, from a red carpet. Exactly. Um, and I also wore it to an, an event, a Gumball 3000 um, event in Monaco as well. So. This dress has traveled. This dress has traveled. It's traveled. It's traveled. And it's. And it's beautiful and it's fun and hopefully someone will love it. Like I love it. Well, that's amazing. And that's the whole, like one of the things that we love about this show really is just getting people to take people's memories that come with those clothes and be able to kind of create new ones in there and, and, you know, take it on. And so the charity that you're going to be donating all of the proceeds to is the Exist Loudly Fund who support queer black young people in the UK. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. An amazing charity. Yeah. So if you want to get your hands on that incredible Alexandra Vautier dress, make sure you download the Vestiaire Collective app and search for What Were You Thinking profile in the search bar. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me. No, of course. Um, That's been like such an amazing insight into one of my favorite periods and just hearing so many really funny stories. I promise I won't go and Google when your boob fell out. I don't even know. It probably won't even be there. Or it might be. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, well, thank you so much, Eve. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening to this week's podcast. I'll be back next time with some amazing fashion stories from my next guest. Until then, I'll keep you entertained on Instagram at What Were You Thinking Podcast. And I'll try my best to do some dance challenges on TikTok at WWYT underscore podcast. If you liked what you heard, let me know. Tell your friend to tell a friend of a friend. Give me a rating. Just five stars. No need to uh, think too much about it. I'm going to go and check out the Vestiaire Collective app and see if my quarantine spread can fit into that gold dress. See you next time.